Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Tonight, we continue our systematic and deliberate quest to coach a rich pool of corporate leaders for the nation and the continent. Our goal is to, is to inspire a crop of hungry and highly motivated, but also very thoroughly prepared Ghanaian executives ready to take on the mantle of leadership and to lead with distinction at the very highest level. In exactly 11 days' time, the Festival of Ideas, the 10th edition, will take place. That is on the Thursday, the 18th of August at the Labadi Beach Hotel. As usual, there will be two different sessions for two categories of people, and you either are in one or the other. You are either at the top or heading for the top. And let me kickstart with the conference plenary, the main event. In the evening, the night with great minds will bring together CEOs, directors, top management of organizations at 5.30 p.m. for a networking dinner presentations on the sub-theme of building world-class businesses by Albert Isian, the former group CEO of Ecobank Transnational Incorporated and the senior corporate advisor at McKinsey & Co. Senator Ben Murray Bruce, the founder of the Silverbird Group, will join us from Nigeria with a special message and the keynote addressed by Dr. Mensa Otabel, who's been consistent on the Festival of Ideas for 10 years and will be honored on that night by Corporate Ghana. That's the program for the evening. And of course, the Cross Symphony Orchestra will be there as well. And there will be a special session called My Idea in a Minute, where selected CEOs will share with you simple but revolutionary ideas that have transformed their companies and can be a blessing to your organization as well. I'll be telling you later some companies that have already signed up to this very important interaction. But there's a reason why the executive coaching session in the morning is making all the headlines this year because for the first time in this country, we have a deliberate program coaching the next generation of CEOs. And we brought together 10 corporate leaders to provide the framework that leaders can use to prepare themselves for the next level of their lives. Many companies complain that people get to the door and they don't know what to do. They are shortlisted and they just miss out on the key elements when they are interviewed for the top job. And yet they want the job, but they don't know what it takes to get there. The main highlight for the morning is the breakout session in the gardens where small groups will hang out with these leaders on 10 thematic areas that we've gleaned from the top interviewing organizations around the world, 10 things they look for in a CEO, and each one of the 10 will be handled by a resource person. But ahead of those breakouts, we'll have three pioneers, three groundbreaking CEOs, share the story of their journey and how these 10 pillars were relevant on their journey. Tonight, I get to speak to somebody I've admired for years, and I've waited patiently to host on the virtual university. Ebenezer Chumasanti is the CEO of MTN Ghana, the first Ghanaian to hold that position. And I get to host Eben tonight. And it's my singular honor and pleasure to welcome Eben to Springboard. Eben, good evening and welcome to Springboard. Good evening, Albert. Thank you so much for making time to be with us. You know, this is a, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> Indeed. But it's good to see you. Good to see you too. Thanks. Right. So... Tonight, I hope to find out from you, before we even get down to your story, what is the relevance of a program seeking to coach the next generation of CEOs? How, how important, how relevant is this program? Well, to answer your question, let me say good evening to your listeners. The relevance of mentoring um, is as basic as the way we start in a journey. All of us need mentors. Whether we are corporate leaders, whether we are managers or supervisors, or even um, shop floor uh, members of an organization, we all will need mentors in one way or the other. And even if you cast your mind wider, very successful people like Bill Gates they have mentors. 
very successful um, people in the past, like Mother Teresa had mentor. So we all need mentors, and if you like, mentors will provide the platform for you to see not only far from where they are going, but also going back to where they are coming from and learning that journey with them. So mentors help put you on their shoulders so you can also launch yourself to some higher height. So we all need mentors. Did you, did you benefit on your, on, in the course of your journey from the advice of people who had gone ahead of you? A lot. Right. A lot. Um, I benefited in many ways, um, directly and indirectly, formally and informally. Um, I remember in my days at Unilever, I was assigned a former mentor um, whom I had to interact with almost every single week. Um, very formal section, taking notes, asking questions, agreeing actions, and going to pursue them. Um, I have also benefited um, a great deal from a lot of mentors, even by reading um, their own biography as well. So I would say mentorship is both formal, um, organized, and assigned, and sometimes, and in many ways, um, informal. The books we read, um, people who inspire us, observing even the global scene. I remember um, during the Iraq war, um, I took a lot of inspiration from people like Kofi Annan, though I had never met them. Um, the way they handled even the disagreement as to whether um, U.S. and the um, U.K. should go to Iraq or not, and all that. Um, a lot of um, um, inspiration were taken um, as a result. Today, if you look at the decision that he made, and if you also consider the fact that most of the people who thought they were right and had enough to attack Iraq, today have confirmed that indeed they did not exactly have any basis. Um, that was a moment in a leader's life to make a call a call according to his conviction, what he believed in. And he was able to mobilize other world leaders like Mandela, etc., etc. So even from afar, I glean a lot of inspiration from the way he handled that dilemma. And history has saved him right. So you can take a lot of uh, mentoring inspiration directly from corporate organization, people who are assigned to you, managers and leaders who are assigned to you, and from many other sources like learning, like studying, like reading, and even um, monitoring from the global scene. Let me ask you about conviction. You mentioned the word with so much passion, the word conviction. How important is that in the life of a leader? You lead a huge organization. What role does the courage of your conviction play in the life of a CEO? Conviction defines everything. Um, every single day, CEOs are making decisions, uh, very important decisions that affect their organizations, the organization's future, will affect people, will affect customers, and other stakeholders. So when you drill down to that moment when you have to make a judgment call, it is only your conviction that determines which direction to take. And indeed, when you have made that choice, it is your conviction that helps you to stay on course. So for me, conviction um, comes from your inner self. Um, it drills um, from your own value system, what you believe is right, and what you believe is good, not only for yourself, for your people, for your organization, for your customers. And that is the basis of what we call authentic leadership, um, leading um, in the way you believe best, um, leading according to what we call the self-confidence integrity that um, one has leading by conviction. You allude to leadership of integrity, your authentic self, and what you call self-confident integrity. Um, one of the one of the pillars that we the ten pillars we, we what we try to do, uh, Mr. Santi, in trying to prepare for this grooming session was to ask ourselves so what do the top hiring organizations the the organizations that are normally contracted to hire CEOs what do they look for in a, 
in a candidate. And so we collated from different organizations and came out with these 10 that we thought were, we thought were the commonalities between the criteria for most of these organizations. And one of them is your values. Your values. And initially, whenever we put out things like, like values and ethics, people think it's just about morality. And so people will typically not think that they even need that one. But here you are talking about about the power of integrity in driving your, your convictions. Yesterday we put out the fact that you'll be on the show today. I think Friday, late Friday and yesterday, we put out the, the post on Facebook that you will be on the show today. And most of the comments from people who were on the show or on Facebook described you as a man of great humility. I don't know if they know you personally or they glean that from the observation. But so many people describe it with one word, humble, humility. So my question to you tonight, I don't know why they, they, do that, they draw that conclusion, but is there a, can a person be humble and yet be a person of conviction at the same time? Help me to understand that, Eben. This is a difficult question to answer. <laughs> Sorry about that. I thought about it the whole day. The humility and conviction, can they go together? The, the, the fact that people see you as humble uh, means perhaps they see more about you than you know about yourself. And oftentimes, when I receive such feedback, um, I also try to understand what exactly um, they mean by being humble. And one word that in the past more or less defined that feedback was selflessness. And for me, perhaps that is important and defines exactly where I'm coming from. There is a statement that he who that is low need fear no fall. He who that is humble ever shall have God to be his guide. Right. I'm always content with what I have. Whatever is assigned to me, I try to make the best of it. So never in my life have I asked for anything apart from the very first interview I attended at Unilever. All the jobs that has come my way were jobs that were assigned. And in all cases, I try to do my very best. For the good of the team, for the good of my country, and for the good of posterity. I believe in what people like Muhammad Ali stood for. Even in the boxing ring, they also remember the responsibility, the very loaded responsibility of the black race, its history and future that he shouldered. So for him, it was not just boxing for money, but also boxing to make a statement. And I guess that is also part of the things that inspire me. Too many narratives about Africa, too many narratives about black people, so every opportunity that I'm given, I also try that I will not add to the bad narrative. We all know about Nkrumah's um, popular saying, the African is capable of managing his own affairs. It must go beyond the mantra to adding value, delivering it, and making it happen, and putting some inspiration the majority of the youth whom today may be giving up. And for me, the essence of mentorship, back to this subject, is not only to teach, to inspire, to direct, to coach, but always also seizing mentorship moments. And I think for that mentorship moment, all of us as leaders, we have that responsibility. So that the young people will not give up. 
talking about young people, I I had an opportunity to interact with members of your team when you were director of SEALs, or what they call SEALs executive in MTN, several years ago. And they spoke about you with extreme passion. And one of them said to me, Albert, this man will become the CEO of MTN. I don't know how many years ago. What, what year did you go to Rwanda? 2013. Right. So this was before. So probably five years ago, yeah. the guy looked at me with such great intensity and said, this man will become CEO of MTN. I wonder how he knew it. And when he came to pass, I said, this guy must have been a prophet. But mm. did you ever, on your journey, get a sense that you would become CEO of MTN? What I try to do, and that's one thing I've always done in my career, everything I'm given, I, I, I do it with the best of my ability, and I try to go beyond the immediate requirements of that job. And exactly what it will mean, I leave it to my leaders to decide. Um, I knew that I would not retire at MTN being the sales and distribution executive. That feeling was always there. But exactly what I was to become, whether in a CEO role or I will go into a functional um, leadership role at a group level or some other role, I did not know. But what I knew for sure was that I must always prepare myself for something higher than what I was doing in future. So that preparation was always there. And that's what kept me going, um, kept the team going, and most importantly, not losing focus of the immediacy. He's spoken quite a bit about mentoring. Later in the program, I'll bring on board Jim Baden, who's the Deputy Managing Director. I'll bring him on phone. Jim will be handling the, the session on mentoring and being mentored. He'll talk about both sides of the coin. The fact that you need a mentor yourself mm-hmm. and you must at the same time be mentoring others. But you talk about preparation, a subject that is very dear to our hearts here at Springboard. And earlier when you alluded to the fact that even in Unilever, you were given a formal mentor. And normally a, a multinational will give you a formal mentor when their eyes are on you for for something a, a significant higher responsibility have you asked yourself what is it about you that throughout your journey there's always been an eye on you about what you can you can contribute have you asked yourself what it takes or, or what you've done to marry that well um again difficult to talk about myself um but so i can only tell you what others have mentioned um from various 360 degree feedback i've received throughout my career. Um, words like analytical rigor um, comes in, um, strategic agility, um, often mentioned consistently, um, creative problem solving. And I remember somebody telling me I had a Ali factor, Muhammad Ali factor. And I said, what exactly is that factor? He said, purposeful execution. And also the area of uh, functional death um, and substance um, has also come in um, that not only do I display um, good managerial skills, but also um, functionally, I am also very strong um, in my own area of sales, distribution, marketing, etc., etc. So these are some of the areas um, in terms of feedback that I've received consistently. But exactly what it is, what it is, Please I don't know. Give me the leaf factor once again. <laughs> Purposeful execution. Purposeful execution. I want to execute this program purposefully, so I'm going to pause at this point and allow you to catch your breath and drink some water. If you just joined us, this is 26 minutes past the hour of 7, and my guest for tonight is the first Ghanaian CEO of MTN Ghana, Ebenezer Chumasanti. I'm going to try and find out when I come back where the journey began so that somebody listening out there saying, listen, it's good for him. I am coming from a very difficult place. How can I also achieve my aspirations? I'm going to take Eben back several years and ask you whether if you had that kind of beginning, would you even think something will come out of your life? And as you listen to him, probably you will tell yourself that if he has been able to do it, I can also do it. And so 26 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock. Let me remind you that this program is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy Enjoy 99.7 FM and proudly sponsored by Echo Bank, the Pan-African Bank. 
Let me remind you of our corporate commitments, our collective commitments for the year 2016. Number one, improve yourself. Number two, improve your value. And number three, improve your strategy. Please remember to execute. So that is the improvement in your strategy. And Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank, would like to remind you of the bank's commitment to providing world-class banking services to our cherished customers. The bank has over 200 ATMs across the country from which customers can withdraw cash for free with an Ecobank Visa debit card. Use your Ecobank card on any of our ATMs across the country and enjoy the ease of banking with the following services. Balance inquiry. A cash withdrawal of up to 5,000 Ghana CDs, account-to-account transfer, checkbook requisition, and mini-statement. The ATM saves you time because it takes less than five minutes to obtain all these services. Why join the queue when you can experience the convenience in banking at our ATMs? Visit any of our branches for your Visa debit card and enjoy the speed and convenience in banking with your EcoBank Visa debit card. EcoBank definitely is the pan African Bank. Well, so my guest for tonight, Ebenezer Chumasanti, he's the CEO of MTN Ghana. We're trying to find out from him how the journey began. But before I get back to him, let me just remind you of the 10 coaching sessions available at the Festival of Ideas. It's Thursday, the 18th of, of August. And when the next crop of emerging leaders gather. You will find people, Eben, who are looking at becoming CEO in the next two years, the next three years, the next five years, and the next ten years. But they all are on one journey, preparing themselves for that top job or the next level of their lives. And I'm, we've been quite impressed at the number of companies that have signed up and the the intense attention shown even by individuals seeking to develop themselves. I mean, it's just heartwarming that people have taken this that seriously. Let me say thank you to MTN, Ecobank, Stanchart, Capital Bank, Vodafone, Data Bank, Zoom Lion, Enterprise Group, Accent Financial Services, Star Life Assurance, Prime Insurance, Essex Life, Lexter Ghana Limited, Fidelity Bank, All Time Capital, Bond Savings and Loans. Different companies have signed up to be part of this. And I'm going to give you a few more names as we go along. But the big thing is this, that they want to be coached and mentored. Their leaders want to be part, not just of the group coaching session, but also of the night with great minds. The sessions we are having, Kweku Beduado will be speaking about designing a personal roadmap. He's the CEO of Stanchat, Media Kutu CEO of, of Unilever. We'll be talking about mastering key competencies. Eben, who I have the privilege of hosting tonight, will be talking about building leadership capacity. Kelly Gajapo of Enterprise Group will be talking about overcoming setbacks. And I'm going to ask Eben along the line about setbacks. When you have your plans all made up, your targets all lined up, and they are just not happening, and you are overlooked for something that you thought you were very qualified for, how do you deal with setbacks and disappointments? Kelly will take our emerging leaders through that one. William Atuesian, founder of Capital Bank, will take us through personal development and innovation. Jim Baden, who I will be raising on the line in a couple of minutes, will talk about mentoring and being mentored. Dr. Isi Ansan, the consultant and trainer, will talk about ethics and values, the principles that can shoot you to the top. Comfort Ukraine will talk about personal branding and grooming. Irabna Asafubachi will talk about managing stakeholders, the various stakeholders, the government, the board, the media, the, the staff, the shareholders. It's, it's amazing. She'll talk about that one. And then William Oche from Paul will talk about health and stress management. When you want to be a boss, it's tough. You get so stressed and stretched. How do you manage your health to ensure that you stay alive to reach the top? And these are the sessions available. The good news I have for you is that you can attend only one of these breakouts. <laughs> so the three plenaries by Eben, Mehdi, and Kweku Beduado, you will listen to those plenaries in a group as a whole collective. After which, when you go into the group coaching sessions, you have to choose only one of these 10. So think about the one you would like to attend. But before I come back to you, maybe let me just raise Jim Baden on the line and find out what is mentoring and why do you have to, at the same time, be a mentor and a mentee. Jim, good evening. Good evening, Albert. How are you, my big brother? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. I trust that you've been with us on the journey so far. Ah, part of the journey. Right. In the, I've been listening in 
during the past 10 minutes or so. Right. So Eben has, Eben has opened up the subject of mentoring and talked about its importance to to the life of an emerging as well as a corporate leader. You will be handling a breakout session, taking emerging leaders through a discussion about mentoring and being mentored. Let me find out from you. How critical has this been in your own journey, Jim? I've been very important um, coming this far. I've been mentored along the way and uh, upon my skills as a result of the mentoring I've received during this journey. Mentoring is very important. Um, you could um, derive your best customers, or if you like, your best employees out of mentoring. Haven't you heard that people don't leave jobs? They leave managers. And why is that? It's just because some managers are bad mentors. Okay. So from the mentoring perspective, there are a number of things that a good manager should take their mentees through. And in due course, if you give me the chance, I'll talk about a few of those. It's definitely something that we would like to, would like to explore at, at the Festival of Ideas. But how do you combine being a mentor as well as your, a protege or mentee yourself? Yeah, I believe that I have been mentored to become a leader. Indeed, if you are thoroughly mentored, ultimately you have to be a leader, okay? So when you become a leader, then you are in the capacity to mentor others, to take leadership roles at various levels of the organization. Right. Do you find that sometimes the people you are trying to mentor find your methods too difficult to imbibe or the hard lessons that made you who you are too difficult to receive or follow? Very well. I get you, Claire. I think not every mentor is a good mentor. And therefore, we should be very careful how we assign mentees to mentors. Okay? You need to predetermine that the mentor is indeed a good mentor and will do a good job. Otherwise, you kill initiative, and the next thing you know, the mentees have worked out. For instance, if you are mentoring somebody, you must make sure that, for instance, you don't overwork them. That is one. If you must give them stretched targets, then you've got to motivate them and energize them to do more. Through, if you like, races, promotions, title changes, things that will make them happy and energize them. Secondly, you have to recognize contributions of the mentee, okay? and then reward them for their good work. A mentor manager needs to communicate to mentees their clear expectations and find out from these mentees what make them happy. That is their own expectations, okay? So that you plan around their expectations and use their energies to make more contributions to the company's fortunes. Jim, before you go, the last thing I'd like to find out from you, what what should participants in your breakout session expect from you? It will be very interesting. I have prepared quite a number of issues to discuss and to um, pass on to them. They should not miss the sessions. I'm urging everybody who is an aspiring leader, who is a mentee, protege, to make sure they register and be there. It's going to be a mess not. You don't have to miss this for anything in the world. Thank you very much, Jim Baden, Deputy Chief Executive of the Fidelity Bank, bringing us his thoughts on the subject of mentoring and being mentored. The one thing he says that I agree with, he says, this is an event you don't want to miss. I'm back in the studio with my special guest for tonight, Ebenezer Chumasanti, the CEO of MTN Ghana. 
Eben is walking me through his life, and Jim says, this is an event you don't want to miss. Eben, it's rare to get so many CEOs at one place selflessly pouring their lives into emerging leaders. And I think I agree with Jim that such an opportunity is rare and people should not take it, uh, take it for granted. Yes, that's true. But before then, I think we all need to pause. And uh, on my day, one of the maybe this free report that I'm giving to the people who will be listening to me, they, they need to do some pre-work. And my pre-work is very simple. Why do you want to be a leader? Mm. Why do you want to be a CEO? Because we have people like Alexander the Great, we all know. He conquered the world, fought several battles, won all, 70 or so. But at the end of the day, we all know the end of his story. 13 years, he achieved a lot. In the last few years, he destroyed every, everything. So why do you want to be a leader? And that question must be answered because I think that is at the heart of everything we will be doing those few days that we'll be spending with the mentees. Right. It's very, very important because if you get it right, that is what will shape exactly what you want to do and that is what will let you take every single of the lessons seriously and do something with it. Are you suggesting that when people want to be CEO for the wrong reasons, all that experience will be of no benefit to them? It will not help. Let me take you back to the beginnings of your life. I've, I've heard a little about your story, but just for the benefit of the listener listening out there, sometimes people say, you see, these are the lucky ones. It's good for them. So uh, if, 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 if you knew how I am struggling and how my beginnings are tough, I mean, these, these ones, they are fortunate. They are blessed. They are the top there. We are, we are beginning at the bottom. Even how, how was the beginning for you? And why should somebody listening out there believe that if you made it, they can also do it? Well, if you are listening to me and you have any story more challenging than my own and my past, then I'll be willing to submit myself to your mentorship. Um, in terms of schooling, I have one of the humblest background, um, parentage the same. Um, in terms of even the movement in life and the challenges that one had to go through every single stage. I was just an ordinary boy in a compound house. So if I'm here, then anyone can go much higher. Is it possible that some of the people who lived within the compound house are listening tonight? It is possible. Give us a, li a little bit of a picture. It is possible. Small place in Kofuridua, compound house with parents. Parents are traders, um, both of them, um, coal traders. So I was fortunate to have also learned the elements of trading and commerce and customer service from them. Um, they played a dual role. My mom um, played a push role and my dad played a pull role. Mm. So they, they balanced quite well. And um, all through, explain that I'm very curious about the push rule and the pull rule. It sounds like an interesting story. My mom was a was a tough one. She was no nonsense, and my dad was the one who was always there, and we ran to him, and he's the one who softened things up and encouraged you, etc., etc. But right now, I believe that the roles that they played. Um, if my mother had not done um, the push work so hard, I'm sure all of us, seven of us, would have fallen um, by the roadside. Right. And if my father had also not played his inspiring, motivating, encouraging role, maybe we could have bent out. So both roles really complement yeah, each other. Complement right. Each other. Right. Um, so everything that could possibly go wrong was there throughout my life journey. Um, I've lost a lot of friends along the process for no good reason. Just because somehow they fell by the roadside. 
You're talking about people who are on the same trajectory with same you. Same trajectory. We all grew up together, etc., etc. Some of them picked all manner of habits along the way. So if I'm here, I could have gone either way. And that is why I believe that with where I have gotten to, anybody at all, anybody at all, irrespective of your background, irrespective of where you are coming from, whether high or low, you should be able to go way higher. 43 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock. My guest for tonight, Ebenezer Chumasanti, the CEO of MTN Ghana. So far, the lessons I've learned from listening very intently to him, as is my custom. The first thing he talked about was the need for mentoring. The second thing he spoke about was the fact that a leader must have conviction, and that is the root. That is the basis, and it comes from your inner self, and that is what speaks to your authenticity as a leader. The third thing he did was to define humility as selflessness for the good of the team, the good of the country, and the good of posterity. Now, the fourth one is that he talked about the fact that the need for mentors to seize mentoring moments to inspire the next generation. The fifth lesson I've learned from Eben is about preparing yourself at all times for the higher responsibility. The sixth one is very special. He talks about 360-degree feedback that has been given to him about himself. One, analytical. Two, strategic agility. Three, creative. I hope I wrote the word correctly. Problem solving. That's correct. The fourth is the Ali factor. That's my favorite one. That's about execution. And the fifth one was functional depth and substance. And the reason why I took those five very seriously is that if that is what people saw in him and made him see you, then they must find those things in you if you want to become CEO. And talking about that one, he asked a simple question. Why do you want to become CEO? And that was my lesson number seven. Why? Why do you want to become CEO? If you don't answer the question of purpose, opportunity can be given to you at the very highest level, but you will mess up. And according to him, without that sense of purpose, even if you came for the festival of ideas, it will still not help because you are on the wrong road if you don't know why you are going where you are going. The the eighth lesson is about the role of parenting, the role of his own parents. He talked about learning commerce and learning customer service from the trading of his parents for some of us when we look at the work our parents do we are like yeah i mean they are not the, the doctors and they are not the this so we can't learn anything from them but hey Eben's route to becoming CEO was through distinguished service as a sales and distribution executive. And I suspect that Eben, it was driven by what you saw your parents do and what you learned from. Is that correct? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And in terms of um, mentoring, the, the first person to have mentored me indirectly is my father. It's well, my father. Most values that I express today, my belief system, my conviction the very religious background, the Presbyterian discipline, they all came from my father. And, that, and he you described as the pull factor in that combination. True. <laughs> so the combination of the push and the yes, pull the is what has made you exactly. what you are exactly. today. Yes. Somebody mentioned to me that in the course of training your salespeople, you take them through the push factor. You take them to a chancy jungle warfare school. Is it true? <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> For somebody who enjoyed the pull factor, you take your, 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 your staff to a chance. <laughs> because both are very important. Tell me about that, both, that factor, both, the push both, factor. Both, both are very important. Um, sometimes management is like war mm. and that's why most of the examples I've given also relate to war or battle or boxing in one way or the other and if you look at management from that perspective then not only should you have big ambitions translated down to strategy or the way to action plan but you must also build the ability to execute and execute sustainably to the extent where execution itself can become a core competency. Right. You seem to be very strong on execution. Exactly. So that is why I take the team through the exercise. 
because it's a journey. In that journey, they need to understand where we are coming from, the big vision, broken down to strategy, and exactly how we are going to execute. Because for me, strategy without execution cannot make any sense. In fact, execution is what should inspire great strategy. Because the very iteration of vision, strategy, action plan, all the way to execution, if it does not feed back, then we're going nowhere. So you can miss me on anything, but if you miss me on how to translate strategy into action, then it's a big deal. Mm. Then it's a waste of time. Then it will be boring. It will not inspire. Mm. So when leaders know and believe that strategy is there to be executed, they are even disciplined about the kind of assumptions that they put behind the strategy, about the kind of research that they will do, about the rigor of information and evidence that they will back their strategy with. Because at the end of the day, it will translate into something meaningful. Because once you put a strategy together, you must apply some resource. And once you throw a shareholder's resource to something, you better execute and show the returns. Otherwise, you've just wasted everybody's time. I have a barometer in here that I used to measure which subject people are most, my guests are most intense about. I look at the look in their eyes, I look at their hand motion, and I can tell which of the subjects they feel so strongly about. Even throughout this evening, the one that has gotten the biggest reaction for you from you is the subject of execution. You seem to love it. I do. Right. I do. Execution flowing all the way from vision to strategy and doing it, making it happen. Mm. Making it happen. Not too much talk. Little talk, more action. Not too much talk. <laughs> Make it happen. 11 minutes to the hour of 8. If you are listening tonight, please, little talk, more action. Yeah. And that's the mantra of my guest for tonight, Ebenezer Chumasanti. I'll be asking him whether he has failed before and then also what are the competencies that he'll be talking about. He'll be talking about building leadership capacity. How? What should an individual be doing as you prepare yourself between now and five years' time, six years' time, ten years' time, or maybe even two years' time when you get to become CEO? I was talking to somebody who had been angling for being a CEO for years, and yet when he was invited to, a, invited to an interview, he panicked and didn't know what to do. How do you build capacity so that when the door opens, you are ready? My guest for tonight, Ebenezer Chum Asante. Let me give Ebenezer a chance to catch his breath and I would, I would raise on the line one more guest who will be talking about another aspect of our business. But Eben, let me just pick your mind on setbacks. Kelly will be talking about setbacks. And anytime I raise a topic, I find people getting quite sentimental. But hey, there are times when your all your as your projections fall through the the cracks and things don't go the way you expect. Have you had setbacks yeah. in your life? Please. Um, setbacks for sure because business goes through cycle, right? And sometimes you have turbulence, and based on your best projections, they can go wrong, right? But for me, what is most important? When you go through that, is your ability to keep your head calm. Mm. Your ability to still keep the team focused. But at the same time, painting the burning platform. And this may be a dilemma because, yes, you are keeping a calm head, but you must also let the team understand that indeed things are really tough. For which reason, different expectation, different um, way for them to apply themselves, etc., etc. And most of the time, when things get tough and failure is, is knocking, I get back into my inner self. I try to be calm. And whilst being calm, I also try and mobilize the team so that they can keep their focus. You've talked about three things, three ways of handling setbacks. First of all, composure, that you compose yourself, remain calm. You've talked also about drawing inner strength and then re-strategizing. Then you've talked about 
organizing your team, managing expectations, and moving on. And I think these are three lessons that we will carry with us as we contemplate the fact that sometimes you will get overlooked for things that you thought you were the most qualified candidate for. Your, your projections may fail, but you're seeing that when that happens, first of all, remain calm. Don't make mistakes. Don't make more mistakes. Mm. Look into your inner self and find strength and then re-strategize and then also organize your team and move forward. And again, execution comes in. Yes. But let me talk about your main subject for the day. On Thursday 18th, when you gather your team, apart from the main presentation that you will make in the plenary, you will get a chance to spend time with people who are looking at how to build the leadership capacity. What are some of the demands of the CEO job that you will be highlighting to them and asking them to prepare themselves for? Okay. Um, on that one, building leadership capacity, I think we'll be looking at various aspects of leadership. And in preparing for this interview, one of the things that drew my attention was the story of Jethro mentoring Moses. I think somewhere in Exodus 18. Right. And if you go in there, the advice that Jethro gave to Moses and the way Jethro defined leadership right. and what Moses should look out for. He talks about people who have the capacity and capability. Right. He also talks about people who have integrity. And he talks about people who hate dishonest gain. Right. Again, that speaks to integrity. Right. And in defining... I think I can find it for you in, in Exodus 18... 21. Let me read it for you. Yes. Okay, so Jethro said, Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, able men, yeah. such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they themselves shall judge. So it will be easier for you that they may bear the burden with you. Okay. Exodus 18, 21 and 22. Excellent. So a few lessons from there. That's the basis for me of organization. Right. Talks about delegation. Right. Talks about leadership. Right. And what is most important, the leader's role is to tackle the tough and complex parts of the everyday challenge. Right. So for the easier ones, do delegate. But when the going gets tough, that's when the leader must step forward. And including even Moses representing the people before God. And if you read further down and you see the mentorship that Moses also gave to Joshua, mm. that was the very basis of mm. what Moses also passed down to Joshua. So you're talking about mentoring and being mentored. And being mentored and then creating succession pool. You know, Eben, I, I, your, your, your session is, one, apart from the main plenary, your session is one of the ones I'm very curious about and I trust that for those who will be attending the Festival of Ideas, you will get a rare opportunity, one that many of the CEOs you will be listening to did not get when they were climbing up the ladder, but you will get it thanks to their generosity and their commitment to raising the next generation of leaders. Even your closing thoughts on this very inspiring interview. Overall, in terms of um, the position of, of mentorship and leadership, Is on the, based on the statement again in the Bible in Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. So 
great leaders must also develop great followers. Right. And as leaders, we must seize every possible moment to coach, to teach, to encourage, to support, to guide, and make ourselves vulnerable. Believing and knowing that even the people that we are supporting today would go way ahead of us. Right. So our business is not letting them become like us, but just sharing principles and framework for them to be even greater. Mm. Our business is not just for them to step into our own footsteps, but guiding them to go way ahead of us. Ours will be to use our experience collectively, our learning collectively, to help them even unlock talents that they may not even realize Mm. they possess. Ours will be to ignite their minds to know that almost everything is possible. That's the role of of the leader, the role of the mentor. Ebenezer Chimasanti, thank you for making time for this hour with us. It's been an instructive hour, and you can trust that the personal value of our listeners has shot up over the past hour. I want to say thank you to you on behalf of the faculty at the Virtual University. Thank you. I know you listen religiously every Sunday, but you've done us an honor by being here to be a resource person, and we are grateful. Thank you, Albert. Thank you, sir. All right, coming up next is a walk with Jesus. And tonight we are continuing the discussion on dreams. Pastor Atwaka will be hosting Pastor Obed or being a die to delve into the biblical anatomy. We've had a biblical anatomy of leadership. We'll be having a biblical anatomy of dreams. But listen, the Festival of Ideas is the place to be next week, Thursday, the 18th. The morning session is from 8 a.m. till 1 p.m. And it's a session we've been talking about. And in the evening, it's going to be the night with great minds. Dr. Mensa Otabel, Mr. Albert Isian, and then Senator Ben Marie Bruce from Nigeria. It's an explosive and all our speakers for the morning will be in the evening as well with several other CEOs bringing us their thoughts on what has worked and how we can build world-class businesses. On behalf of Comfort, Matthew, Amos, and Ishra, my name is Albert Okran. God bless you. God bless you. And the number to call if you are interested in the Festival of Ideas, 024-9999-555. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Arbet and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Arbet and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233 Zero, zero, zero. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. No, 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 no.